Well, I hope you have your copy of God's Word or you're ready to uh, flip open your, your tablet or your phone. Obviously, we have the scripture on the uh, screen and, and we have that on the, um, on the online as well. And I will be in Colossians chapter 4. And we're only going to be in just a few verses, actually just six verses today as we close out this series simply called Greater, And the reason why it's greater, and it's basically a series through the book of Colossians or the letter of Colossians that Paul wrote to the church of Colossae. And the reason why he wrote it is to um, sort of put an end uh, to the threat of false teaching there that was happening in the church. And uh, But Jesus is greater. Living for Jesus is greater than the false teachings that come around us. And just know this, I've said this the last few weeks, there is false teaching that is happening in the church today. Uh, not this church, if there was, then uh, there will be people who will talk to me about that, and we have a process for that as well. But, um, but living for Jesus will help you to identify the false teaching. The more you get to know God's Word, if you live for Jesus, you're going to want to devour God's Word. You're going to want to have the Holy Spirit be, uh, be coming into your, into your day, walk with you, and then you will recognize the false teachings that come out. Uh, also, Jesus is greater than any of our good deeds, the good deeds that we try to do in our life. And also, Jesus is greater than anything the world uh, can offer. You know, all the good deeds that we try to do um, are only external attempts to a false growth. And it's so easy to get captivated into doing good things. And there's lots of um, different uh, areas of denominations, they focus on that. They focus on reaching, you know, the, the hurting and, the, and those who need help, and, and that's great and all. But they focus so much on that um, that really it's a false growth in their life. And so they're not really growing full in the Spirit unless... They are in God's word and they're praying and they're fellowshipping and they are allowing the spirit to take over their life and their heart. And so it's important that you and I understand that Jesus is greater than those things. So uh, last Sunday's message, we focus on living a Christ-centered life with our relationship at, at home and at work. And how it's, it's very important to have that, that relationship between husband and wife, a parent and child, and then boss and worker. And th if those relationships are right, in other words, in between those different people, if, if Christ is in the center of those relationships, then everything gets lined up. And what happens at work does affect what happens in the home. And so uh, today, I want us uh, to talk about a Christ-centered relationship with those who do not know Jesus. We want to have a Christ-centered relationship with those who do not know Jesus. And you know, summer is a great time. Summer is an awesome time uh, for us to develop this, this practice of this Christ-centered relationship with people who don't know Jesus. Because this summer, you're going to meet people that, that don't know Christ. I hope you do. Because you're going to be sort of out of your um, not, not the whole summer, but you're going to be out of your routine, and with that, you're going to meet new people. And meeting new people, you're going to see, hopefully, some people that 
Mm-hmm. You know, they, don't, they may not walk with the Lord. And so how do you and I interact with those people is really what uh, today's message is all about. And so what should that conversation look like? What should our conversations with, with those who, who are outside of Christianity look like? Well, it's simple. It's just like any other conversation. For example, if you have a sports-centered life, then you're going to talk about sports. Like my, my oldest son, Landon, he lives, breathes sports. He knows all of the stats of so many players. And, and he, is, he can just call out anything. And, um, and it's not just stuff that's happening now. It's like many years ago, even things that, that happened before he was even born, he knows those things. And he talks about sports. If I want to connect with my son, Landon, I talk about sports. And, and, and some of my other kids too. But the other kids, they have different sort of things they like to talk about. And let's say if, you, if you're sort of a, a pet-centered uh, life. Uh, if you have a pet-centered life, you love pets. And, you're, and you take your dog or your animal with you wherever you go. And you're talking about pets. And, and you're, guess what? You're going to have conversations with people about pets. Or about sports. Or whatever is the center of your life. So it, it, if you're living a Christ-centered life... It would also go into effect that you will spend a good portion of your time telling others about Jesus and what he's done for you. So how do we effectively share Christ with others? And that's what, what today's passage is all about. And really, this passage comes at a great time. And we're going we're to talk about three ways, specific way Paul uh, says we could share Christ with others. But this really comes at a great time, this passage, with the life of our church. Because over the past uh, several months, God has been dealing something with my heart of, of sort of how are we going to respond to coming out of COVID. You, you probably get a sense that there are things now, now, that are kind of shifting um, to where, you know, not many people, you know, wear a mask or maybe fewer people wear a mask, more people kind of getting vaccinated or whatever. Um, and you've got people that are kind of opening up more. We see that. And, and, and that's, that's a good thing. Praise the Lord. And, 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 you know, more people coming back to church, not just this church, but, but a lot of churches. We're, we're expecting this not to be a, a typical summer. I think, I think we're going to uh, see more and more people come uh, to church because they're ready to come back. But one of the ways that I feel like God wants us to respond as a church and I've spent a lot of time in, 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 in anguish, agonizing over this, just trying to hear from God. But the phrase that keeps coming to my mind over and over again, it's real simple. It's whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Now, we are going to officially launch this whatever it takes sometime in July. But right now, the staff and I, we're, we're sort of, of designing what this is going to look like. We're praying. We're seeking the Lord in each area. I'm meeting with staff individually, and we're trying to figure out, okay, what does whatever it takes look like? If God's telling us, look, you need to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes coming out of this to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And not only those who are, uh, those who are uh, far from God, but those who used to, used to be in church, we need to reach people. We're going to do whatever it takes. And so 
June, the month of June, the staff and I, we, we are, we're developing what that looks like. We're developing the strategy of whatever it takes looks like. And then July, we're going to initiate that within our church, share that with our church, the strategy. And then in August, in the fall, uh, about mid-August, we are going uh, to launch that strategy and actually implement it and do it. And this is on my heart. This is something God's like, Frank is pastor and a shepherd of his church. We need, I need you to do this. And so we're just being obedient to what that looks like. And, and really, whatever it takes involves four areas. And you're going to see this in a strategy when we launch it in July. And y'all are, because you're here on this Memorial Day weekend, you get a sneak peek of this. But there's four areas that God wants us to do whatever it takes. And that's simply growing, giving, serving, and inviting. Those four areas. Growing, giving, serving, and inviting. We are not going to let up on the gas. We're going to put the car in a higher gear and we're going to rev up the RPMs and we're going to press more on the gas. And the gas is the power of the Holy Spirit because we're going to involve a lot of prayer on this. And yes, this is going to be something that I'm going to encourage heavily for all of us to do. And that includes you here today, you watching online. You are also a part of whatever it takes. So today, this message in Colossians really kind of dives into that inviting thing. In fact, some of the things I'm going to share today in Colossians chapter 4, you're going to see some of that in our strategy when it comes to inviting, to inviting people and just sharing people. So, so what does it look like for us to share Jesus and to do whatever it takes? So first of all, uh, we, we need to pray for opportunities. We need to pray for opportunities to share the gospel. When it comes to sharing uh, the gospel with others, it always begins with prayer. We cannot do whatever it takes without prayer. We can't. Then we're only, we're only doing whatever it takes on our own strengths, strength. And then if we do that, then whatever it takes is just going to fizzle out. We have got to have the power of prayer to help us with this. And prayer is going to be a part of that strategy. It's not one of the four main things. It's intertwined into all four of those. Prayer is the engine that will drive this strategy. So Paul tells us three things about prayer. And as we look in in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 through 4, we see this strategy or or, or these three things about prayer. Verse 2. Remember last week we ended with verse 1 for chapter 4. So verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. So, we first should devote ourselves to prayer. That's what Paul tells us here in verse 2. Devote, the word devote here is a word that means to continue in something, to give it, to uh, give it your steadfast attention, to persevere, to hold fast, and to not let go. To me, that's whatever it takes. (laughs) That's the definition of whatever it takes. Full devotion. 
We should not only be devoted to prayer, uh, Paul says we should be watchful in prayer. Watchful, the word watchful here means to be awake, to be alert, or vigilant. So we should be, we should be devoted and watchful in prayer just like a soldier treats his or her post or their job or their position. As we're talking about soldiers this Memorial Day weekend, Soldiers are devoted to this. Our, um, our son Lawson is in the, the process of joining uh, the Marines. Now, one thing we're learning, because we've never had a, had a child just, just go into the armed forces, it, it, is, it is a process that, that happens. And, and so he's, um, he's had to go through several different steps, and, and before he, uh, he can uh, be sworn in, he's got to do some other things, and, and, and he's in the process of doing that. But I know this, when he is sworn in, and when he um, does boot camp, and, and he becomes that... Uh, fully decorated Marine, he is going to be fully devoted to that call 100%. I know that. Because I've seen him be devoted in other areas in his life. Once he gets something in his head, he's like, I'm doing this. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. And yeah, he does. But, you know, sometimes we need people like that in the Marines, right? In the armed forces to say, hey, I'm going to be devoted. I'm going to be devoted to this. But also, I know this about Lawson when he gets to become a Marine. And I know we have several other families who have, um, who have um, uh, kids that are in the, in the military right now. But also watchful. Lawson's going to be watchful at his post. He's going to take it very seriously. So we should be in prayer just like a soldier, devoted and watchful for the ways God is giving you to share your faith. Ask God to show you people who need uh, that simple good word and be watchful for those when those people appear. I had this opportunity just this week. I went to a quick trip. I like, I like quick trip, raceway, you know, those kinds of places. And uh, so I went into a quick trip and I noticed when I went to um, kind of the side door of this quick trip, uh, there was a seating, a seating area, and there was a car there and, uh, with a different license plate. And as I was walking in, I noticed this, uh, this mom holding her, her baby child, and, she, and she's feeding him a bottle. And nobody else is around. Nobody else is in a car. I was kind of taking a quick glance at what was happening. And, and, um, and so I just made made myself into the store, got what I needed, and, and came back. And as I was walking past, um, I, I felt, and I'm sorry, this is just confession time, all right, for your pastor. But I, as I was walking past her, I just felt like the Lord was saying, she needs hope. I mean, just that, that came to my head, my heart. As I was passing her, she needs hope. So what, I, what, did, I, what did I do? Did your pastor turn and go to her and pray over her and ask her what she needs? And nope. Your pastor just walked past her and I said a prayer. I said, Lord, help her to find hope. Help her to find hope. Even though someone with a message of hope just walked past her, God's like, I did send her hope. It's you. You have the, you have the message. But I was on an agenda and I went in my car and as I started my car, I looked up, and she and I made eye contact. And I looked quickly down, as if ashamed. And I was like, uh, what do I do? I, 
I got to go. Can I tell you something? God is going to put people in your life, especially this summer. God is going to put some people in your life that you can share hope with. Now, you may be like me and like, you know, Frank, I've, I pass on too many people. God's just not going to use me. I, I'm not going to, I'm not, he's not going to call me. There's no way. Can I tell you something? Yes, he will. I've failed him many times. But many times, I've obeyed that and have gone to talk to people. All she needed was a word of encouragement. It doesn't mean that I had to sit down with her and, and, and share Jesus with her right there and say, you know, you need Jesus. Repent, you know. I mean, if it led to that, then that's fine. But she just needed someone to say, you know what? I just feel like God wanted me to tell you that he knows what you're going through. And he's with you. And he's not going to leave you. And I think you just needed that hope today. Now that girl's gone. Now God's going to send someone else. He is. But she's gone. But guess what? There's going to be more opportunities. You and I have those opportunities, especially this summer. Watch for those ways that, that are, are different. Watch for those ordinary things in your life. Those things are sort of out of place, right? I don't, see, I don't see many ladies feeding their child a bottle in front of a quick trip. You don't really see that often. So that's why I notice that. Guess what? That's God saying, hello, be watchful, be a soldier, look what's going on, and I need you to share hope. If we're going to do whatever it takes, then we need to pray as a devoted soldier would pray every day. And we need to be watchful for what God is going to do. Paul also says to be thankful. To be thankful. Thanksgiving is essential to keeping prayer fresh and alive as we're thankful. You want, you want, you want um, your prayer life to go to the next level? Just start off by being thankful. Just be thankful. God, I just, I just want to thank you. Don't go to the things you need or the things that other people need. I know that's something that's really simple to do, but, but just be thankful. Tell God how thankful you are. And if Paul, just remember, Paul is in prison when he writes this. He's in prison when he writes this letter. And if Paul could remember to be thankful in prison, we can also remember to be thankful in prayer. The good soldiers are thankful to have an opportunity to fulfill their purpose. Be a soldier of prayer by being devoted, watchful, and thankful. The next thing Paul says, we are told, is to pray for open doors. Pray for open doors. Paul, Paul mentions this in, this in this verse. If the apostle Paul needed prayer, then trust me, you and I need prayer. <laughs> We need prayer for those open doors. Now, remember, again, Paul is in prison. And so there's all sorts of things that Paul could be asking for prayer. You know, comfort. He could be praying for daily, daily food. Maybe for him to be released. But no, 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 no. Paul doesn't pray those things. He doesn't ask for those things. He asks for people to pray for an opportunity he would rather 
have an open door to share the gospel than the open door of his jail cell. That's what he would want. He would rather have the open door of the gospel than the open door of his jail cell. It's so important for you and I to to pray for those opportunities, for those open doors. Paul then calls the mystery of Christ, the mystery of Christ, uh, the mystery of Christ that that he speaks of, that we just read, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, people think, People do think Christians are kind of different, weird. We, we are. We're, we're not of this world. We were born physically in this world. But once we've accepted Christ and the Holy Spirit comes into our life, guess what? The Holy Spirit is a heavenly entity. It's part of the Trinity. And so that makes us not of this world. There is a mystery about us. The world doesn't know what to do with Christians. With, with, I'm talking really on fire believers, okay? Not, not, the, not the totally weird kind and not the fake kind. I'm just talking about those people who just love Jesus and want to walk with him and they talk about him. The world doesn't know what to do with us. There's a mystery about us and that mystery is the hope of glory is Christ within us. To preach the gospel is to preach Christ And if there's no Christ in your words, then there is no gospel. Because the gospel is all about who Christ is and what he has done. So when you and I pray for an opportunity for an open door to come open, we've got to, our gospel message has got to have Jesus all over it. Jesus is the main ingredient to what we're trying to serve them. It has to be. And so, when you try to help people, and whether you help them with a meal, or maybe give them some money, or just a conversation, don't let that be the only thing. Give the hope of Christ. Give Jesus. Share Jesus. Hey, you know, here, here's a $5 bill. I felt like God wanted me to give this to you. Or here's a lunch. I felt like God wanted me to give this to you. But... Just know this, Jesus loves you, Jesus died for you, and, he, and he's ready to receive you, if you haven't done, the, done that already. And all you're doing is planting seeds. That's all you're doing. You're planting seeds, and that's fine. That seed will grow into something, and, and, and will grow into something that someone else can reap, meaning they can lead them to the Lord. And so... Praying for open doors to share Jesus shows that you're going to do whatever it takes. Lord, give me open doors. Paul also talks about um, that the message would be clear. There will be clarity and no confusion. This is in contrast to the false teachers that were, he was talking about in Colossians, all, all the previous chapters. So our world is more confused now than ever about what is defined as truth. Our world is hungry for truth. They're looking for it. And they're not finding it on social media. They're not finding it in the news. They're finding it. They should find it. And the only place they're going to find it is in God's word and through prayer. And so the best way to keep the message clear is to keep it simple. 
Choose clarity, not confusion. Choose clarity, not complexity. Make it simple. The, the message of salvation is so simple. And, and really, a, a lot of what the false teachers were, were, were trying to teach people, were, they were bringing confusion in their life. They were adding things to it. They were, it was so complex. Gee, that's not the plan. The New Testament, the New Covenant, God's new plan involved a simple process. That's why Jesus said, come to me as a child. So when you talk to people about Jesus, when you share Christ, make it simple. Make it simple. And you know how you can start? By just telling them what Jesus has done for you. What God has done in your life. What has God done in your life? Not in a, in a point the finger, you need to get, you know, right, right with Jesus kind of way. But you can tell people, look, this is what Jesus has done in my life. And I want to share that with you because I feel like he, can, he could definitely do something in your life as well. What I love about these two prayer requests that Paul is making of, of uh, the open door and the, and the opportunity to speak the message clearly we see this confirmed in the book of Acts. You don't have to turn there, but just these two verses in Acts 28, 30-31. Look what Paul is, uh, gets, to, gets to do uh, in, this, uh, in these two verses. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him there in Rome. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. The prayers that Paul is praying for the Colossi church, for, for them to pray for, hey, give me the opportunity for open doors. Don't, not the open door of my, of my prison, okay? Not for me to be released, but for the open door to share the gospel and that I can share with clarity. Guess what? We see the fulfillment of those prayers right there. People just kept, kept coming in to where he was. They came to him. And he preached with, uh, with boldness and without hindrance. That's what we want. For, for us to do whatever it takes, we need to pray that God would give us open doors. So be devoted and watchful in prayer for the open doors to share the simple gospel of truth with clarity. That's what it talks about. That's, that's the first part, is just pray for opportunities to do whatever it takes, pray for opportunities. And summer is a great time for you to do that because you kind of got a little bit of a, a different groove happening in your life. So what's the next thing Paul talks about? Not only are we to pray for opportunities to share the gospel, we must live our lives in the light of gospel. Look what it says here in Colossians 4, 5, just one verse. It says this, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Here we are given general principles of, of Christian conduct, how we should conduct ourselves. And he, he talks about two different ways in particular, he, he, that we should be wise in the way we act towards outsiders and make the most of opportunity. The word outsiders in this verse, he refers to non-Christians, those people who are still outside of the Christian faith. So, um, in other words, your walk 
needs to match your talk. You and I, we just need to live the life. We need to live the life, the, the Christian life. We need to live the life. We need to conduct ourselves in a way that will give us an opportunity to share our faith. Did you know that your life is the only translation of the Bible some will ever read? Your life is the only translation of the Bible some people will ever read. Now let that sink in for a little bit. There's a lot of people that won't ever pick up this book. It's too big, a lot of names you can't pronounce. You know, it doesn't really relate to me. It's written by a bunch of dead people. I mean, I've heard all the excuses. But can I tell you something? You live in the life of what's in here with, with you know, sincerity, with truthfulness, with purity will help them to see what the Bible is actually saying. And so you live in the life can can affect people. Now, I'm not saying that's all you need to do. In fact, the next point, you know, or the last point I'm going to talk about today goes beyond just living the life. But we've got to live that life. And so, just remember, people are watching. So, we should also, so to live our life in the light of the gospel, we need to be wise in the way we act towards uh, outsiders and non-believers and make the most of every opportunity. The phrase make the most of every opportunity literally means to redeem the time or to buy up the time. The form of the word in the original language indicates an, an additional intensity to the action. This is, so in other words, this is, um, this is not like window shopping. There's, there's two different, there's, well, there's several different types of shopping, you know. Um, but you, you kind of have window shopping where you're just kind of looking and you'll just kind of pass and you just kind of, you know, casual stroll. But there's also kind of shopping where, where you are, you're fervently with intentionality and, and with energy, you're getting some things. Like a category hurricane five approaching, know what a store looks like? I mean, growing up in Houston and, and, uh, and, in, um, and in college in, in South Louisiana around Baton Rouge, New Orleans area, when a hurricane, hurricane category five would come, then you could, you could see the shelves just gone. Obviously, you know, the bread and the milk are gone first. Don't know why. It just happens. But when, when, when we shop to help us, you know, survive a storm that's coming, that's a different kind of shopping. And that's the kind of intensity, intensity that Paul is talking about. Make the most of every opportunity. We've got a Hurricane 5 situation right now in our culture. Okay, we're coming out of, we're crawling out of COVID. Some people are like done with it. Some people are like, hmm, they're peeking under the covers. Okay, is it, is it okay? And, and that's great. I mean, everybody does it differently and it's great. But just know this, we have a storm that's brewing and that storm is this. People are not connected to one another in the church and they're not connected to God. I'm not saying everybody, 
But there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people in our area that they are not connected. And they are going to want a desire for truthfulness, for hope, for something substantial in their life. Guess what? We have that. We have that. So we've got to seize the time. We've got to seize the opportunity. That's one of, one of the strategies that I'm going to share with you in whatever it takes is a whole total rebranding, not just rebranding, but restructuring of our Wednesday night. Now, Wednesday night in the, in the summer, we take a break, but um, I mean, we're, we're, still, we're still meeting uh, with, with small groups and different times, and youth are still doing some activities and kids. But during, during the fall and the spring is when we meet here on Wednesday nights, and we have a great opportunity. But can I tell you something? The staff right now are getting ready for what we are simply going to call family night. Family night is the new look for Wednesday nights. We're not just going to call it Wednesday night. It's family night. Meaning we're going to increase our programming for what we offer kids. And that's probably the biggest, the biggest area that we are adjusting. We are going to uh, reach out to the families at Emerson Elementary is, our, is, is our, our target. And then here at Red Top Middle School. And we are going to extend what we offer to kids and to students. And, and really, Joe Salvatore, our student pastor, has done a great job this past semester of, of uh, coaching uh, some teams and helping with the sports and inviting kids. I mean, you come on Wednesday nights, our youth group looks different. <laughs> the reason why it looks different is this, there's a ton of new faces. And that's exactly what we want to do. And so we have uh, implemented some things this past semester like meals and those kinds of things that, that we are going to now take it to a whole nother level on our family night. We will seize the opportunity. We are going to make the most of every opportunity. We have an opportunity on Wednesday nights to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are going to do that with intentionality. Intentionality and to be energized by that. That is part of our strategy for whatever it takes. So, and guess what? That involves you. <laughs> it does. It involves you. We, we firmly believe, we firmly believe that our Wednesday nights are going to outgrow our Sunday mornings. And say, well, I'm looking around here, Frank, that really won't be a problem. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, we feel like Wednesday nights are going to outgrow our Sunday mornings, at least for a season. Now, ultimately, we, we want people to come on, on, on Sundays as well, but we just feel like we have such a great opportunity that, that we don't want to pass up. And so we're going to make the most of every, every opportunity. So how do we reach people? We pray for opportunities. We live the life. We live that life. And then the last thing Paul talks about is basically we speak the life. We speak the life. So we guard our speech for the sake of the gospel. We see this in verse 6. This is our last verse of the day. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. The first instruction is that our conversation, our speech, 
should be full of grace. That means the words that come out of our mouth or the words that we type are the words that we type, got it? Need to be, or should be purposeful. Our words should be edifying. Our words should be loving. Our words should be thoughtful. And they should be kind. Now, it's hard to get all of those in all the time. I'm here to tell you that my words aren't always all of those words. And if they're not, usually I go back and try to fix that, mend, ask forgiveness. Um, But just know this. The more that you practice this, the more that you say, okay, watch your words, watch what you type, watch what you say. Let, Let the first thing out of my mouth be something that gives life full of Grace, like a, like a tasty recipe. You want people to taste and see that the gospel message is good. Grace has to be the main ingredient. And if your words aren't gracious, <laughs> then they're not going to want to taste what you're selling. In fact, your so-called message will receive a bad taste test review, <laughs> like, on, like on Yelp, <laughs> you know, or Google, or whatever, and it's like, oh, don't, don't go to this restaurant. Mm, they, it didn't taste good. You know, if you're trying to share gospel message, if you're trying to share hope, your words have to match the message. Because if not, nobody's going to taste that. Secondly, God says, let your words be seasoned with salt. Salt was used in the New Testament as a, as a uh, preservative against against uh, corruption. It was also used to, to, to bring seasoning, to bring flavor. It was also used as a healing agent. All of those things preserve flavor, healing. Those are things that are good with our words. Our speech needs to be wholesome. It needs to be attractive. The way for your speech to be attractive is to talk more about them. Ask questions about them. What's going on in their life? And then whatever's going on in their life, then feed them words of encouragement. I do believe that, encur- that encouragement is a, a gift, but I also believe it's, it's a muscle that you can exercise. The more you use it, the stronger it is. And so your words of encouragement can be something that you can use over and over again and get better at it. And then lastly, he says, you need to be prepared to share. You need to be prepared to share the gospel with anyone at any time. This is one of the main reasons why you're supposed to guard your speech so that when the opportunity comes for Christ, you will be ready. You will be ready. And the more that your speech matches the gospel message, then the more open the door is going to be because they're going to, they're going to see, hmm, something different about this person. Or if, you're, if you start talking to them about what God has done in your life, they're going to listen more because they, they've seen your life and they've heard your speech. Now, I'm not saying, well, Frank, I don't, I don't use bad language, and that's great, But I'm talking about like even negativity. 
negative words, talking negative all the time. Now, I know that you, there's got to be some cor- correction in your life. Like, we're correcting our children uh, all the time. But the, 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 the more that we parent, the more we realize that connecting with our kids makes correcting them so much easier. So much easier. And the same with God the Father. The more that you connect with him, the easier it is for him to use you to correct people in their life or to share that, that message of salvation. Meaning, you are able to speak into their life with kindness and love, and yes, even to be a little direct and to say, you know, God loves you. God wants great things for your life. But I sense that God is saying that this area in your life, you you might need to look at that. You might need to look at that. Now, just know this. If you're talking with someone who, who doesn't, who's never accepted Christ as Savior, they've never, they have never uh, been baptized, they've never had that salvation experience, then you really need to talk to them in a different way because you can't expect someone who, who doesn't know Christ to, to be a Christ follower. In other words, someone who is not a Christian to act like a Christian, to have those fruits. You can't expect that. And so really what you do is you just share Jesus, share hope in their life. But someone who has, has maybe made that decision to follow Christ, has maybe been baptized, and they have fallen away. Guess what? They know what the light is like. But the light inside is so, so dim. But you can be loving and direct with them. Had an opportunity yesterday to, to, to talk with someone who they, have, they had accepted Jesus Christ uh, early in their, in their life and just have kind of fallen away and the light inside has just has been so dimmed. But you could tell it's wanted to grow and it's wanted to do great things and they want to do things different this time around. They want to make sure what they're doing sticks and it stays So I was able to say, you know what? God, let me affirm that God loves that. God wants to to use you in great and mighty ways, and he's ready for you to come back to him. But let me tell you something. I've noticed something about your life that you will need to adjust in order for that to happen. I can speak into someone like that, because guess what? They've accepted Christ. In order for you to to turn back, there's got to be a turning, which is repentance, so as you talk to people, as I close, as you talk to people and as you share your faith, understand you're going to be people who have never accepted Christ as Savior. That you just want to be easy entry. You want to be simple. You don't want to be complex. You don't want to make it hard. You just want to say, you know, God loves you. God's with you. And if you want to talk about hope, if you need hope, I can share more. But you're also going to meet people who they've fallen away. And you can share in a different way how to get back. But that message, the message that you're trying to share with them is definitely a message of repentance. So, in order to do whatever it takes, you could practice this right now this summer. To do whatever it takes, pray for opportunities. 
This is what Paul says. Pray for opportunities and then live the life and speak the life. Live the life that you're, of the gospel you're trying to share and speak it. That's it. Pray for opportunities, live the life, speak the life. You have been challenged. You have been charged by the pastor, by the shepherd. I'm just, I'm just getting it from the Bible. And, and I've been charged as well. I, I, I told you in this message how I kind of didn't really follow through on something. Guess what? I'm going to do a better job this week because I'm going to pray for opportunities. I'm going to watch for it and I'm going to live my life and I'm going to do my best to speak that life. Will you join with me on that? Will you do that? Summer is a great time for that to happen. Every head bowed, every eye closed as we close out the service. You're here today and maybe you're watching online listening and you could be uh, watching uh, live or watching later. It doesn't matter. But God, this message is alive now um, whether it's live or later. This message is for you. And so whether you're sitting in this room or watching online, know this. God wants to do a work in your life. And if you're ready to, to turn to him and say, Jesus, I need you as Lord and Savior. It's a simple prayer. Uh, Jesus, please forgive me my sin. Please help me to turn to you. I'm sorry for the things I've done. Please save my soul. Be my Savior. I want to live for you. And if you, if you just want to pray a prayer like that, it's, it, there's no special uh, sequence of words. There's no hocus pocus about it. It's just natural words. It's like a conversation. If you prayed a prayer like that, just tell me. Just, you, could, you could send me a text at pastor at lakepointonline.com. I'd love to hear about it. And for those who, who want to take that challenge, just I want you to, in your own words, I just want you in the silence of this moment, I just want you to tell God, God, uh, just help me to have those opportunities. Help me to live the life and speak the life. So just pray that prayer right now, just where you're at. Heavenly Father, forgive us for the times that we have not been obedient. I pray, Lord, that you give us opportunities. You make us aware you make us watchful like a soldier. But Lord, also, help us, Lord, to live the life of the message we're sharing and to speak it. The Lord, the only way that's going to help us with that is we get with you, we connect with you, we connect with the Spirit, we connect with your Word. Help us, Lord, to do that. And Lord, help us, Lord, to do whatever it takes to share the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, we hope you join us next week. Next week, we start a new series called Summer in the Psalms. It's going to be an exciting time. We're going to take 10 psalms, and we're going to walk through that. And so that begins next week. And then also, uh, Joe announced a VBS sign-up is, is happening now. And then you don't want to miss Father's Day. Uh, that is uh, June uh, 20th. And so make sure you're here uh, ready for that. And also, Breakfast Sunday, uh, bring something good next week, 10.30, and uh, that'll start. And the best news of all, we don't have to tear down. Love you guys. See you all next week. <laughs>